Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, guten tag, bienvenue. All those things. I always see me in the sign. That's wrong. It's not the wrong time of day. Okay, we're back. Uh, I've been in Europe and I'm st- I haven't even left yet. I haven't even left and I'm acting like I'm back because when I put this out, I'll have come back. But I haven't been yet. It's the same as Edinburgh. I'm actually saying it before I've done it. There we are. I probably had a really nice time. I'm sure I had some waffles and some frites and frites sauce. I'm probably half a stone heavier for me and all that European stuff. But maybe not because it's healthier. Generally, they have less rubbish in their food, don't they? Well, anyway, I've had a great time in Europe, even though I haven't been yet, and the boat was really smooth, even though I haven't stood on it yet. Due to an absolute hatred of flying, I decided that this time to cause a lot less stress that I would offer the idea of travelling to Europe by boat. Luckily for me, everybody was on board. Literally. And a wonderful time was had by all. It was so, so... I haven't been yet when we're talking about it. Anyway... Today's episode of Television Times features the star of CBeebies, Mr. Bloom. Now, if you've got kids, you'll know who Mr. Bloom is. If you haven't got kids, you probably know who he is. He's a character played by the fantastic actor Ben Fawkes, who I was lucky enough to work with a decade ago on a couple of pantos back-to-back. And we got him famously. He was a really nice guy, just genuine from the outset, you know, just the nicest person you could meet. And he's gone on to be an author of children's books. Uh, He's got this whole thing called Let's Grow, which is like this amazing idea he's had a sort of initiative to get kids into nature and growing stuff and it's just brilliant the whole thing he'll tell you all about it anyway and um i could tell you about my holiday but i can't because i haven't gone yet so i figure we'll just get straight into this no rants no swearing this is a clean episode in case the kids accidentally click on it so if you're expecting me to be like effing and blinding you got the wrong episode come back next week for that one uh, so this is him this is ben Fawkes, lovely man you're gonna love him I do. He's brilliant. Maybe he'll be back because we really got on and we feel like we could do another one. The uh, only thing is the sound isn't great because um, Ben was outside in uh, the lovely countryside uh, surrounded by birds and and it sounded like parrots at one point. Um, And there's a bit of background noise, but it all adds to it. Like I always say, it all adds to it. It's all part of the thing, right? So uh, this is an outside broadcast on Ben's end. There's drilling, banging, all kinds of stuff, but you'll be fine with it. And I've edited it as best I can. And at the end, there's a little treat, a musical treat, from Ben himself. So look out for that. So this is the brilliant Ben Fawkes talking to me on Television Times podcast. It's Ben Fawkes, Mr. Bloom. Ben Fawkes, Mr. Bloom. It's Ben Fawkes, Mr. Bloom. It's both. Roll up, roll up. Welcome to Television Times, a new podcast with your host, me, Steve Otis Gunn. We'll be discussing television in all its glorious forms. From my childhood, your childhood, the last 10 years, even what's on right now. So join me as I talk to people you do know and people you don't about what scared them, what inspired them and what made them laugh and cry here on Television Times. You're from Cornwall, aren't you? Yeah, this is where I grew up and all of my family is still down here at the moment. So uh, so I'm currently down with family. you near Truro or anywhere like that? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. We all grew up in Truro. And, oh, right. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, that's it, man. That's it. We're all... Uh, I've spent a lot of time there. Have you? Cornwall. Yeah, yeah. I used to tour it a lot. Used to stay up the hill in various digs. Yeah, I I like going to Truro. It was pretty good. Oh, good stuff. Yeah, Hall for Cornwall. Back uh, in the day. Back in the day, yeah. I I worked there as a on the stage crew and doing the flies like when I was at drama school. Where are you from originally? Whereabouts? Well, I was born in London and I grew up in Ireland and London. Okay, nice. So I had the countryside and the urban city life. Yeah. Oh, well, best of both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I hated it as a kid. I'll be honest with you. Couldn't stand the countryside. Right. So it was awful. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. it's the way as it goes. Kid, it was like, 
where are the shops? Where, how do I get it? There's no buses in Ireland. You had to walk everywhere. Right. So you'd like walk a mile and a half to school and stuff like that, like us in the 50s or something. Oh, my gosh. My gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, similar story. I, I grew up in Cornwall bemoaning the same fact, wishing I lived in Plymouth because uh, yeah. all the bands, would, they wouldn't really tour down beyond Plymouth. That was the last yeah. stop. So I had this kind of in my head that Plymouth was where the big wide world really started. <laughs> For, I've just looked at the years. I mean, I don't actually believe that it's 10 years ago that we were doing those two pantos that I worked wow, on. Wow, uh, okay, man. So it was... 13 and 14. We were doing, um, what did we do? Dick Whittington at the Manchester Opera House, 2013, and then again at Bristol Hip in 2014. Okay, that was, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah gosh. Yeah. Bristol was... I had to research it myself. My <laughs> God, yeah, yeah. Well, Bristol was so fun. Like, yeah. I, that, was, that was good. Manchester was good. Yeah. yeah, they were tidy shows, tidy shows and a good cast and good yeah, yeah. crew, everything. It was... It's a good crowd. Yeah. I'm still in contact with a lot of people from it, so it's really, really nice. Oh. I went on to do the Torval and Dean one the following... So I did about four years with those guys. Okay. Um, yeah, I did do one more. I did one in Malvern and that was about it. Okay. I had to sort of jump out of Panto World a little bit. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean, man. I haven't done one for the last few years <clears throat> for a variety of reasons, but, yeah. but I... I Certainly this year, I, I got an offer, it fell through, and, and then I was like, oh, that's a real shame, because I, I kind of feel like I got bloodlust mm. for, for Christmas, uh, the Christmas yeah. grind. It's where you're supposed to be, right? Just work. Yeah, just working all Christmas. Two shows a day, and yeah. then running home for like whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, do you still live in, not give you a dress away, but you still live up north in your... Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, we do. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're still in the same village um, oh, up there, so, um, and it's, yeah, it's really cool. It's it's lovely, but yeah, I don't know. We've always got an open mind, um, you know, because of our work. We're not beholden at the moment to anywhere in particular. Right. So we're there for the. We've been there ten years now. Um, wow. We'll see how it goes, but the north is great. Yeah, I, I do love it too. I remember you you telling me because it was good that you could um, get home at weekends or whatever the day off was. Yeah, it wasn't that far. No, no, it was, um, it was commuting. It was fine. Mm, it's fine. Yeah, Bristol. I didn't go home once. Yeah, Bristol's tough. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to Panto, you did the CBBC Panto, didn't you? The um, television ones. Yeah. Televised yeah. ones. Yeah, did a bunch of those. And they, yeah. I mean, they they were really fun. I mean, totally, mm. well, I say totally different. Not that dissimilar in as much as, you know, the rehearsal time. I think the first one was, you had like two or three days to, to get it together. And wow. then, uh, and then you just smash out the shows and, they, and that's it so is it just done live and just filmed is that uh, what it is, or? yes yeah yeah so the way that they do it now is i mean there's a bit more rehearsal time goes in um but uh but then it's usually two shows a day for two days and then they just so they they really kind of lean into the live the mm. live element and get all the footage they need so it's so it's really it's really positive on every every level for broadcast and also for for the uh, live performances as well, and yeah. it's and it's great because it's just it's just all of your favourite people um, yeah. work, working together uh, to pull yeah. off something that you, that you kind of passionately care about. So, um, getting chased around by Justin, yeah, yeah, <laughs> some cheeky cheeky japes <laughs> with yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, JF, um, and yeah, and all the guys. I, I can't. It's it is like the dream dream job, really, because. Mm. 
it's such a lovely it's just such a lovely family of people to work yeah. with and uh, and you know the the and the pedigree of the the writing the direction and production is is second to none so it's it's always like a, the sweetest gig, yeah. I mean, they look great. I'm going to show them to my children. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, we should mention here, obviously I'll say it in the preamble, but, you know, Ben's main character, uh, one of his main characters is uh, Mr. Bloom. Mm-hmm. Mr. Bloom's Nursery, the fabulous TV show that helps children get into, uh, well, nature and growing vegetables and whatnot. And you've had a few incarnations of that show and that character has obviously gone straight through to your new project you've got called Let's Grow, which yeah. is also Mr. Bloom, yeah? Yeah, 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 for sure. So what made you decide to, like, you know, uh, bring Mr. Bloom back for this particular project? Well, um, so it was it was a long time, and it still is a long time in the making. Um, mm. If I thought kind of Mr. Bloom was a, a project of passion, uh, this is more kind of like life's work scale. Mm. It's a real iceberg because we've got, you know, what, what you've seen on the, on the website, but there's like like an iceberg there's 90% of all of the development is all of the unseen so it's it all stems from the original theatre show The Vegetable Nannies which um, was the original incantation of Mr Bloom so the, the theatre show I was touring for years before I pitched it to BBC so the theatre company still continues to tour that show and other shows he whilst right. I was still doing all the CBeebies work and yeah. and it's been a hugely successful show it just continues to tour it's got it just goes around the world it just books itself and what the feedback that we've always had when we've encountered teachers is um, like oh this is great what's your provision for schools what do you what do you do and and we looked at the options of sending the theatre company into schools to do shows but mm-hmm. it's it just smacks of the old kind of TIE model where yeah. You know, one one day out of the year, you get an exciting visit from a theatre company. You see the show, you get all inspired and excited, and then the next day you're back to normal. And you so yeah. we wanted to try and develop something which had a bit more impact than uh, than just a hit and run theatre show. Mm. So what we did, I mean, it's uh, yeah over eight years worth of development. We we worked with our team and we worked with teachers educational uh, practitioners to develop Let's Grow as a means of bringing the theatre content into school, which doesn't necessitate actors, which is costly and it's not the big picture. So what we did was, and this is all pre... So when COVID happened, uh, everything flatlined for, you know, for so many people. And so the whole touring live work, which took up so much time, Mm -hmm. because we weren't doing that, we were able to um, just crack on with the laptops and finish the content because it's online educational resource which takes theatre work and puts it in the hands of, the, of practitioners to uh, to use and you know bring the creative practice alive in their setting and it's all based on the idea of video calls which thankfully again a gift from covid yeah. now everyone just like yeah, yeah. Oh, i'm gonna i'm Doing gonna one right now that's yeah. it we're on it and we don't have to meet in person in the studio yeah, yeah, and yeah. kids just understand that so it's yeah. done via the children and the practitioners video calling Mr. Bloom or video calling Bob and Flo, having a real face-to-face mm-hmm. conversation. And then that's the catalyst for the learning and fun that, that follows. So um, if it's a Mr. Bloom call, then it will be something to do about nature. And um, if it's Bob and Flo, then it will be one of the baby fruits and vegetables is going to come and visit them in their setting to um, right. to learn about 
the um, core theme of that module. So these are live calls with you, or are they pre-recorded? No, no, they're all um, pre-recorded and filmed. Oh, okay. So, so right, they right. look they look I really see. good. And right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's done on on the provision of. There's a bit of interactivity, mm. but um, gotcha. the teacher just cues it up. You go. Then what happens is the teacher's able to pre-make the visiting baby, which is a real cabbage or a real aubergine, dress them up, and then before they know <laughs> it, the children are like, oh my god, yeah. we just saw. Oz the courgette on the screen and now he's here in the classroom and then they become authors of their own kind of learning process so it's it's a model and a format that we've piloted that we've tested we know it works and so then we've just developed a whole roster of um, curriculum rooted in the earliest foundation stage curriculum um, of uh, lesson plans and enhanced continuous provision for uh, teachers and practitioners to use so so it's really exciting, man. It's taken a, a long time to get here, but we are here now. and We're about to, to roll out proper uh, in 2024. This is through your company, right? Uh, Egg Power Productions. Yes. So set up Egg Power in 2021 um, and we've produced the all of the video content. And, yeah. and also that's just a vehicle for me to pitch other kind of television content uh, just yeah. to just to make just to be more proactive because you know the bbc is great but funding for television has never been harder to secure and and the bbc while it's it's a great institution it does have limitations as well so it's about yeah. being a bit more proactive and taking what i've learned over the last 13 years or or more um in tv and then and just rolling out ourselves because again these days you know you can make broadcast quality content and the, you're no longer reliant on linear tv to to, yeah. to find your audience because you know children they watch more content now on youtube than they do on tv and oh you could, i know and, i know it's banned in my house right yeah yeah so <laughs> currently got, and soon, just because of the stuff that they lean towards yeah isn't what i, I mean want them to watch <laughs> so it's yeah. that idea, you know, it suffers with regulation of regulating what they can yeah. watch, but My TikTok's going to catch up any minute now. And uh, so, yeah. so yeah, so, so Let's Grow is our kind of foray into online um, educational services, really. And, and just, and luckily I was able to, you know, bring Mr. Bloom as, who's always been part of this process, mm-hmm. but include him in there as well so that... Um, there's a familiar face and and it just helps us as we start to roll it out and uh, and bring it to market. Because obviously when you're watching children's TV, you have no idea how long ago anything is because things are repeated and, you know, you seem to always be on. Um, and, and some of these episodes are like nearly 10 years ago. Yeah, man. And yeah, so, so that's it. It's, it's a long time. It's crazy. They just, you never know that. It's like Peppa Pig, you know. I mean, when did they make those? I have no idea. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. The shelf life for, for kids' content is extremely long. Mm, um, very much so. But, so you'll always be in the sort of, you know, children's zeitgeist of yeah, television. Somewhere, and whatnot. somewhere in yeah, there, yeah. And, and I'm still, you know, it's we haven't made with the BBC any any Bloom content in recent years, but mm. it's still, the brand, the brand awareness is still really strong. It's still there on on the website um and, and you so, obviously own own the character yourself right? yeah so i share the yeah, rights yeah, yeah. share the rights with the bbc so don't have complete control but uh mm. but i think what we're doing with let's grow and i'm hoping that that will help kind of reignite um or just find a new a new avenue for the brand because not my kind of mantra but just the way that everything's kind of worked or the way that i don't know 
trusting in the process is that all the kind of the theatre work I've done, which then led into outdoor street theatre, that then led into TV, that then led into publishing, that's now led into online, is always worked without the need... Well, it's worked as a kind of word of mouth, meeting the right people, making those... fostering those relationships yeah. so that you don't have to... And this, I mean, when you work with the BBC, obviously you've got great brand awareness and you've got a marketing uh, team dedicated. So that is slightly skewed, but it is about trusting in the process and fostering those relationships. And then mm -hmm. hopefully the, the kind of the proof of the pudding, the work gets people excited, which then generates a form of momentum and you, you kind of build build on that as opposed to starting with a massive marketing budget mm, from somewhere yeah, and, and trying to launch something cold. So, yeah. so we'll see. He says to a man with a podcast that's uh, four months old. Hey, man. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's great. It's great. And, you know, <laughs> we all have to start from somewhere. Like, we've just got to build it. Just do what you love. Yeah, well, I, I mean, when you spoke about your trajectory there, I was thinking of my own, you know, I mean, I know you do music as well. I was yeah. a musician. Yeah, then yeah. I became a sound engineer because of that, which led me into theatre, which got me contacts with all these people, which led me to comedy. Nice. It was like, okay, well, if I start a podcast, I've already got all these contacts. So let's uh, let's call them all in and get them on and chat. Yeah. It all just links together and it all just seems right, really. Yeah. And I also... Like you, I'm an author now. Oh, nice. Um, which was published, but uh, obviously not. Oh, what, not, not a children's book. What is it? Um, what is it? Uh, this is a it's a memoir, but it's um it's called You Shot My Dog and I Love You. It's uh, about I'll send you a copy. Oh yeah, copy. brilliant. Oh, I'd but, love um, to read it. Oh, thank you, Ben. I don't know if you noticed, but like I was always out in the out in the auditorium yeah, typing away on my yeah, laptop. Yeah. I it remember in Manchester. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. I was just, I was literally, that was draft two or something. You were busy too, weren't well, you? That's it. Just you constantly were... doing stuff. Um, yeah, filling the gaps. That's it. It is filling the gaps. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, good, man. Good, good. So your children's books, how did that come about? Am I right in thinking you'd already started writing in Bristol? Yeah, it was, uh, it was 2014. So mm. it would have been when we were in Bristol. Um, I pitched mm. um, to a, I pitched to a bunch of books to Bloomsbury Publishing, and and you know, fortunate enough, they they liked they liked the titles and they liked the synopses, and so um, yeah, I, I got a, a four book deal with uh, Bloomsbury Children's, and they they were just great. It was like again, it's a totally different way of for me. I've never never worked in in children's writing. I mean, obviously, yeah. the work that I'd been producing theatre and tv i'd written written that but this was a very different mm -hmm. format so the prospect of because i'm always very visual as creatively when i'm coming up with ideas for work yeah it always starts for me with a visual image and um and then i kind of flesh that out oh, that's the kind of hook that gets me i'll get an image of something okay oh that's interesting it's like the the origin for mr bloom for the vegetable nannies so i was in this antique center and i saw this old victorian pram and it's wooden and it was terrifying it was like an adams family pram i was like what kind of baby would, mm. would be put in that and it's, yeah. um and the first thing that came to mind was like well it'd be full of compost and it'd be like vegetable babies in this kind wow. of and, and then that was like oh so what would happen to that if you had a cabbage what would that be called and what would they drink well they drink like liquid compost wouldn't they and so then so that's the kind of the process for me so ben that is not what most people would think if they saw a victorian yeah, well, tell you. Well, that is your brain that is right yeah there. that's um, <laughs> that's my programming that's amazing
Um, <laughs> and so that's what I did. I purchased the pram, went to the grocers and, uh, and wrote a show. But um, with the books, it was right up my alley because it was a case mm. of, of starting with, with a visual. And so I, I pitched them a bunch of titles and, and it was just such a like, wonderful process to be part of because it's so collaborative. You're working with your producer on the text and then you have the illustrator who, who then brings that text to life in a way that you can never... Uh, kind of imagine it's wonderful to see because how illustrations come from nothing into absolutely mm. everything it's it's a it's a wonderful process and so do you have a say in that do you have an outline because it's your words um, and it's your vision well, do you, or do you just let them run with it well you, yeah i mean i think the only say i had was this is amazing like fantastic because you know they're absolute masters of their craft and i am definitely not so yeah i don't feel like my kind of input in, in that or for working with um, David Tazima and Ben Court and Ian Tudor they've just uh, they've smashed it every time it's been so nice working with them and again it's a different pace like you know the, when we were on Pante I think mm. you know it's just normal you have or like a week and a half to rehearse the show a couple of days of tech and then you're up and you're running and you're in mm-hmm. it and um, with a book it just takes I think so I pitched in 2014 and the first one came out in 2016 um, yeah. And the timeline is just so radically different, but the, I mean, it's just it's just a pleasure to to work in that in that way because it's that whole world of publishing is just so so long. I mean, my, my book obviously very different to yours. It took I think it was five years between first draft and it being published. Wow! Um, and that's that's quick. So I've heard. So yeah, 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 yeah. What I want to ask about children's books now. Mm. Don't take this the wrong way. I just want to know, just generally. I'm not talking this specifically about your books, but yeah. When I read a children's book, I think, that couldn't have taken longer, right? Uh, <laughs> now, now, is that true? Do you just bash one out in like a few hours and then just hone, hone, hone? Or is it just actually take a very long time? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it depends on, depends on the person, doesn't it? Because, hmm. you know, like your book, it took five years and some people were saying, well, that's, you know, that's, that's really quick. But like, you didn't, you know, you didn't hang about. Whereas other people, you know, would see that as um, taking an age. And I, I don't know. I mean, just from my experience... There's there's a bit of back and forth, but once you've got once you've locked down the idea of you know like the Grandad's the greatest the the book that came out this year mm. is a text I'm so I love I love the text so much and I did when I, I got the idea I was out on a run because I'm big into fell running I love I love fell running and where we live uh, it's it's just yeah it's perfect for it so I was out on a run I had the idea and then I yeah. came back and I just bashed this text out and then it was just there and I just had it and so mm. it was so it's like a song yeah that was it that was it yeah. and and it went through mm. like loads of different drafts and mm. so there was loads of re like improvements and rewrites but but the core of the idea was there um, yeah, and that's what I was wondering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think once you've kind of locked the idea down and you've got a format, you've got the the, the nuts and bolts, and then it is just about honing and editing. And, and sometimes you have a passage you really you really like, but for the illustrator, it doesn't work very well. It doesn't necessarily kind of I don't know lean towards something that can be visualized or it might be so abstract and i think that's like david tasman i think he did such a great job with what makes me a me because it is such an abstract concept of like i wrote that as like a existential kind of crisis manual for four or five year olds really it's almost like a poem i mean essentially do you get all your inspiration from exercise like a lot of people go running come back with a song come back with a poem um, come back with a book sometimes i think i get loads of stuff from running and mountain biking 
but it's, it's not like an ideas factory. It's just sometimes because you're you're not sat down, locked into the mind. You're you're freed up. Yeah. You're out in nature. You're not thinking Open about. For yeah, to pop yeah, in. yeah, yeah. You it's you're you're able to think in different ways, which kind of mm. you know aren't necessarily. It's not a linear process of. I've got to solve this problem. Yeah, so you don't go in an office, shut the door and go, right, it's nine o'clock, I must start writing. Yeah, although there is that as well, because sometimes it's just yeah. writing for writing's sake and seeing what comes out. But yeah, it's, uh, it's again, I just I feel it's lovely to have an opportunity to just work in a different medium. And do you enjoy the fact that you haven't linked, obviously, your book writing to Mr. Bloom? It's completely separate. Do you enjoy that sort of duality of... Because it's your own persona in there. So. Yeah, that's it. I think, I mean, we did have some... Uh, there was a Random House published a bunch of Mr. Bloom books when the show first went out, but they were all lifted from storylines, uh, from scripts mm. that we'd written. So um, so this is, yeah, this is nice because it is, yeah, it's it's just, it's not Mr. Bloom. It's uh, it's me. And and while I like love playing Mr. Bloom and he's such a, a lovely character to inhabit, it's nice, I mean, as an actor and you know and a writer it's just nice to put on different hats and just play play different characters and that's the that's the spice there is stuff on the horizon and that's that's down to me to to kind of write the show get the shows made get the characters out there but also yeah i do just work as a commercial actor so so that's going to auditions and uh and going for plumbing for roles uh because you know as much as i i love to produce my own work and you know i will always jump at the chance to to jump on someone else's production with it's yeah. their vision it's their script and they think you're right for the character. I just, I love that. And that's my, my kind of... Yeah, I guess it's just like uh, turning up and doing a job for you, right? That's it, man. It's, it's, doing, it's doing the basics. And, and so it's just, like I said, it's both sides of the coin are just, mm. uh, are just great. I guess I'm surprised by that. I'm surprised because you're making your own stage, as it were. So it's like, and you're still doing the job in actor thing as well. I'm quite impressed. I thought that like you'd be like, well, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm just going to do this, this, and this, and I'm done. Well, no, <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, but that's you know that is not me getting every role mm. as much as I'd love to. Um, there's there's plenty of roles that, that you go for, and they're and they're like, well, thank you, but yeah, it's not going to work. And so, and that's what kind of led me to writing in the first place after drama school mm. of just going for roles. And I was like, um, I can't just wait for the phone to ring. I'm just getting knocked back. So I'll just write. Mm. I'll write a show and I'll write myself as the lead role. And then, and, yeah, and then, yeah, that's the one. That's the one. So it is the balancing act. And sometimes yeah. you get a bit more of one thing, you like a bit more of the other. But um, so because, because you're so sort of, um, you know, known for working in the medium of children's television and literature, are there roles that you wouldn't take because of that? Or would you take like, a gritty BBC hard crime sexual vibe murder thing, for instance, would you be in that or would you be like, oh, I've got to be a bit mindful about my audience? Or so Obviously, normally I would uh, edit out that noisy bird, but it was too impressive to not leave in. It sounded like a parrot, don't you think? Yeah, I think it's a good question. And I mean, for me, I'll always I'll never say no because there's always a mm. conversation to be had. And I'd love to kind of challenge myself as as an actor or kind of working creatively and i think as sometimes you can tell that there's an opportunity that presents itself that doesn't align either with your own values or 
the bigger picture and it you, you can tell when it's crossed the line but but I, yeah i'd jump yeah. at the chance for you know gritty a gritty bbc noir or, or whatever something which i think some people working in children's industry whether that's publishing or or television they they would maybe be a bit more compromised but given you know like you said a lot of the mr bloom content that we filmed was i mean we made the first series in 2010 that's 13 wow. years ago now so yeah and i think yeah it's um i do i do have a bit more freedom than maybe some other people to to go and pursue other roles yeah. like like when i did the i did a hollyoaks uh storyline with adele silver back in 2015 that was great because yeah. it was it was a good it was a good character it was a good storyline and it was just it wasn't necessarily playing against type it was just a different platform and uh and just yeah just loved it i just loved it so yeah I'd never say never to anything, really. What's the first thing you saw on television, probably as a kid, that scared you? Uh, it'd have to be Terror Hawks. Terror Hawks? Yeah, Terror Hawks was... What's, what's Terror Hawks? Well, it was a it was a puppet show. I don't oh. know if it was Jerry Anderson Thunderbirds. Was it Jerry Anderson who did Thunderbirds? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I don't Jerry think Anderson. it was the yeah, same studio. It might have been. Oh my goodness, man's face on that. Oh, if you, if you look, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Oh my god. So there was the the uh, the villain in Terrorhawks was pretty terrifying. And convincing. Oh, you like this, Ben? The, the the concept is in the year 2020, you follow the adventures <laughs> of the Terrorhawks. <laughs> it's set in the pandemic. Oh God, that's what happens. <laughs> that's what brought it all to ruin. Ah, oh, yeah. Sorry. You so were no, no. It was it was a thrilling show, but it was just bordered on the mild peril. Was it was sometimes not so mild from. Uh, uh, was it Zelda or the Zelda? Yes, who I'm was looking at Zelda? here. Okay. All pictures, it's all pictures of Zelda, and it does look like something out of a. Blumhouse horror movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was it. I don't understand how that was kids' TV. Well, kids, you know, they don't make it like they used to, Steve. No, they do not. Thank <laughs> I goodness. don't think they're allowed. <laughs> It has, it's got an edge, all of that stuff. Mm. It has got an edge, which, and I think because it is, it's just otherworldly. Because, like you say, mm. it's not CGI. People found a way to actually make that happen. And that yeah. has been lost to a certain degree these, these days because you, like, you're not as affected by anything because anything's possible. And so, therefore, it doesn't necessarily get under your skin or have the, the shock factor. Let's do another uh, childhood one. Let's think. Uh, okay. Let's go with this because it'll be interesting because you already are one. If you could, for 24 hours, embody a TV character, but in real life, for 24 hours, you would be that person. Which TV character would you embody? Can't be you, Mr. Bloom. Obviously. Yeah, okay. I mean, it could be. Yeah. It could be in real life, walking around the garden centre. Hey, confusing. you know, I've done it, <laughs> been there, done that. That question was a little bit on the nose, so I decided to try another one. What's the funniest thing you've ever seen on television? The funniest thing? Man, it's just, I love, my, my favourite show on television is You've Been Framed. It's just really? my great, yeah, it's my, <laughs> it's my happy place. The Harry Hill. The Harry Hill, <laughs> the Harry Hill era. Um, when it was Harry Hill's TV burp, followed by Harry Hill's You've Been Framed. It's absolutely fun. Good, isn't it? I think, you know, I watched it when Jeremy Beadle 
started it and and I thought it was the best thing I'd ever seen. And then Harry Hill took it to a whole new whole new level and I know it's the it's just I can't believe they shut they show it on like ITV two at like eight AM sometimes. Like yeah. if the kids are watching they like to watch Milkshake, the Channel Five stuff, and I'm like, Ugh, there's too many American adverts for plastic. So I turn over and, and we watch a bit of Harry Hill. Yeah. And of course they're not getting all the sarcasm and it's quite it's not rude or anything, but it's not eight AM stuff. Yeah, you, it's certainly not in the morning. I, I think it has to be after tea time. Can't have it yeah. before five PM. But um but there's just something that doesn't get old about you've been framed and well yeah it's what tiktok is essentially isn't it yeah, Mostly, I mean, yeah, if yeah. It isn't dancing it's it's uh you know people falling over and whatnot yeah. and, you know it's just it's base comedy that's isn't it, it man so, and i think you know. put harry hill on top of that and you got the winning the winning combo what's a tv show that you watch but you know it's rubbish but you like it anyway the <laughs> tv show be like honest. the guilty pleasure be the guilty pleasure the guilty pleasure Oh, that I know is you rubbish. You know it's a waste of your time. Yeah, the stuff that's rubbish, but watch it anyway. I don't think there's anything... I'm pretty kind of selective. There's nothing we watch that's... Um, I think it's just time, isn't it? It's it's a precious yeah. it's a precious thing. And so and also, there's just so much to choose from. Like, the, mm. even... The, I went through a phase of like, oh, God, there's, there's so much to choose from. I don't think I'll watch anything. Because yeah, it's just, tray, too, just too it's, big. there's too much, and you're going to be missing yeah, that yeah. to to get this. But um, I mean, obviously, it's good that you don't watch trash because I do feel I feel like I watch a lot of television. I do watch a lot of television, mm. but like you, I'm very selective. It has to be good, and I'm not afraid to give up on something if if I really do think it's a waste of my time. And yet, if I turn on the television or read any kind of like mag, I don't read magazines. Where are mag- magazines exist? But you know, you see the stuff in the cultural zeitgeist, like you know all the TV shows people watch and refer to and Gogglebox and Strictly and things like that and, and challenge shows. I have never seen any of them. I don't watch any of them. I watch The Apprentice still and I watch Dragon's Den. But apart from that, I'm out of the loop. So I, I feel like when people are talking about TV, that I, I run a podcast about it, I've got, I don't know what they're talking about. So they have to educate me on like, what is the Vanderpumps or, you know, Below Deck or these things? I don't know. You, They could be in my lounge. I wouldn't know these people. Right, you know? right. But everyone does, right? It's like there's this whole other sort of game layer of life over reality where people actually know all these people that I don't know. I know. It feels, I know. It's it funny, isn't it? It's a club that I'm not in. But you, you know? can't, this is like the dilemma of the, the crisis of getting older, though steep isn't it it's like you can't you can't be everywhere you can't do everything and you can't eat everything at the buffet as try as you might and uh i think that's the that's the crisis so then you just have to be really zen about zen about it that's true there's that is true i I said that recently something about um i think i equated it to tom waits albums that i've always i love tom waits but i don't love every album and i've tried to and there's some i'm just not gonna like anymore i'm not gonna try and like rain dogs i don't like it i don't know why it's just (laughs) people love it it's not yeah i like the i like the nicer stuff which is which are your favorites of tom waits oh two albums uh it will be closing time nice and um heart attack and vine uh, love that. I I really did like. Um, I loved Big Time as well. I like quite. I don't mind some of the, you know, yeah, you know. And when he, he released two albums, didn't he, in like the mid two thousands or something on the same day? The yellow one and the red one. Yeah, was it Alice and and what's the red blood? Blood, uh, blood, blood money, money. Blood that was it. Uh, is it blood yeah, money? and it starts and it off like, with. Yeah, and you... <laughs> yeah, but I, ben, I listened to it the other way around. It was like. 
It's cold as hell. Oh. oh, that's nice. And I put, I'm a monkey in the bottom. like, this guy's crazy. Yeah, I played that. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, man, it's like a bear. The way of, anywhere a bear would sing. That, I put that on and my kids start, just cried. They cried. It's like, really? oh, who is this man? What's the matter with him? I'm a little bit more precious, I think. We just saw the finale of Top Boy, which I have oh, to say. Oh, yeah. That's on the list. Have you seen the last I haven't season? seen the, the one that's just been released. Oh, man. That's, I'm saving Ooh. it for, I don't know, Christmas. Yeah. Oh, I'll say nothing. But, try, try not to read any. There's a lot of stuff in the press, just avoid. Oh, but um, no. I think it's up there with The Wire and The Sopranos. I really oh, do. I mean, man. It's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievably that's, good. Oh, that's, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad it's going out. Yeah. Going out well. And it's, there's not a lot of episodes. There's six episodes, and it's it's like, Gets the job boom, done. Boom, boom. You know, I don't want to talk about it too much. I'll ask you one more question and I'll let you go. Is that all right? Yeah, man. Yeah, okay, let's go. Let's find one. What wouldn't I ask you? Let's ask the one. Well, I can't ask a rude one. Let's not ask a rude one. <laughs> don't, please don't. I won't, I won't. Okay, how about this? What's a television show that you would erase from history so no one can remember it, like Men in Black, but it's gone, and one you'd bring back from the dead? I was thinking about this the other day, and so I, it must be somewhere not too far at the back of my mind um i loved the hour on bbc did you see it with ben wishaw ben wishaw and yes um it's a while back isn't it uh, yeah guy from the wire what's he called yeah 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 uh, dominic west dominic west i thought that was yeah that that series i think they only did two two seasons um, See, that seems really recent to me, but I bet it isn't. Well, it was. It was 2010 or thereabouts. 2011. 2011. Whoa. Okay. And it was such a refreshing... It was just like the BBC, when it's going from radio mm-hmm. to television, it's such an interesting point in time, I think, being British. Yeah. And it was just beautifully done, but Ben Wishaw was young. Dominic West was, you know, he was back from Baltimore. And uh, mm-hmm. and the lady in it, who I can't remember her name, she was great. And it was just... It was edgy. It was, it was just fascinating bit of uh, tv and i wish i could have watched a lot more of that so i do wish there was more of the hour yeah, i'm gonna watch that i do remember seeing it but i'm i think at the time it would have been one of those theater periods where i didn't have you know access to all the ch- well what did you have 12 years ago it would have been mm. what was on when it was on video it by the dvd or have love film love <laughs> film like, you know, yeah. <laughs> movies through the post in a random order yeah that's it <laughs> lovely that idea sounds nuts. lovely idea <laughs> So, what's the one you would cast into the uh, into the abyss so nobody can remember it? Mm, I could really do without Noel's house party. Nice, because I used to be a big Noel Edmonds fan. Right, I really I had this weird thing as a kid because I used to watch him on Swap Shop, and mm-hmm. he was okay. really cool on that. And he had that other show that because uh, he was very kind of it's quite adventurous, it was charismatic. Um, and I had this kind of weird thing. I don't know where it came from. As a kid, I was like, mm-hmm. in my ideal universe, I would have an uncle and auntie. Noel Edmonds would be my uncle. Yeah. And Kate Bush would be my auntie. <laughs> I don't know how, like, what kind of marriage or convenience that would be. But So I had fond, fond memories of Noel Edmonds. And then when Noel's house party came out, I just did, and Mr. Blobby just undid all of that goodwill. And to be honest, yeah, that, that would be the one that I think... That is a good call because I hated it too. It was so naff. And then you had like, was it on? A, which came first? Um, don't forget your toothbrush or that. It must Oof. have been. 
Because don't forget your toothbrush I loved. I loved everything Chris Evans mm. did. I thought it was phenomenal and it was just the 90s in a bag. Yeah. But Noel Edmonds seemed like grandma to you yeah. at that point. It was like, ugh, was this still a black surprise, surprise? What is this? It was tired. It was a tired format and it just... And then it's like, oh, well, let's get someone in a skin suit. Yeah. Great. Noel's Hat Party. 1991 to 1993. It came back in 1999 for a final. <laughs> Can you believe that? Okay. 99? That's way, almost... What a way to end the century. <laughs> Mr. Bloom and we end up with Mr. Blobby. Well, I, know, I know who I'd rather spend an afternoon with. Oh, golly gosh. My goodness me. Could have gone so wrong. Uh, is there anything you want to plug at the end of this, Ben? Oh, uh, to plug. Plug your podcast. Uh, it's just thanks for having us on, man. It's been great. And uh, yeah, it's been good to catch up. When's that fourth book out then? The fourth book. So um, it will be next year. Next, next year. year got when will it be it'll be early early so february March. oh he's got it in the bag it's in the bag and then it'll be on to uh yeah just writing more nice. and uh and we'll be launching let's grow next year yeah and uh just coming up with new shows really that's brilliant yeah go again we go again yes you go again and your website is benfolks.co.uk and that's got it's kind of like an archive of of all of my kind of past projects current projects and then let's grow the online educational resource for early years settings uh is www.letsgrow.org.uk excellent and there you can find out all of the details uh, for the resources well i'd love to read your book as well so please like i'll pop it in the post man yeah nice. yours too. no i'll buy yours don't worry <laughs> <laughs> they're around i can oh, see them all the time oh, well, I, go, I know him <laughs> How old, how old are your kids? Uh, that is information you, the listener, does not need to know. Hence the redaction. Yeah, yeah. Get in on I it. I'll send you one over. Oh, thanks. Um, oh, it's really good to connect, man. Yeah, it's really After nice to catch up with you, Ben. 10, 11 10 years. 10 years, something mad like that. 10 years. Yeah, it yeah. was 2013. It's crazy. Gosh. Lovely talking to you, Ben. And uh, hopefully I'll catch up with you in person at some point. Good stuff, man. our little chat at over the internet uh, he was Mr Bloom is Mr Bloom will always be Mr Bloom he is Mr Bloom to all those children and people with children who watch CBeebies and many other things too and normally at this point in the podcast we have a little beep beep don't we and I tell you about an outro track but we're going to go straight in because today the outro track is not mine it is a song by Ben it was performed by his band Acute Couch I hope I'm saying that correctly in about 2001 uh, the band formed in 1998 and originally uh, contained the members Mimi and which is uh, Ben's wife and Vicky McGee now uh, Ben joined as a guitarist uh, I think a year later from what I can see online and they toured a lot and they did music festivals and performed all over the place now this is not the kind of music you're going to expect from Mr Bloom I can tell you that so prepare this is uh, very original and quite something so here they are this is Acute A-Q-U-T-E Couch with The Only Cauldron
is Acute Couch with The Only Cauldron from the album 
Tantrums from 2001. If you want to hear more, you can stream that whole album via SoundCloud. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Ben Fawkes, and uh, we will be back next week with another episode of Television Times Podcast. Please follow, write a review, do all the things on the socials, and we'll see you again next week. Thanks for tuning in. Bye for now. <laughs>